When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These two guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. Okay, was last night the greatest win in Timberwolves history? <laughs> Forget about the Kevin Garnett uh, game against the Kings. Forget about uh, the game 83 against the Nuggets. Was last night peak euphoria for the Minnesota Timberwolves? I was going to come in here today and be like, I think that was the best win of the season, but I knew you'd get on me because I've said that only five other times this season. But uh, <laughs> inc- incredible. I mean, same stuff that we all tweeted out last night, but an incredible win. Um not only against the defending champs who have actually been the Warriors have been pretty hot these last couple of weeks, um, but you're doing it without Carl, you're doing it without Rudy. D'Angelo Russell gets a tough whistle and gets ejected. Nas Reed is cramping. Jaden McDaniels we thought had a hamstring injury. Kyle Anderson has back spasm. Ant looks like he just needs an injection of hot Cheetos. Like everyone is just yeah. tired because and, the Warriors could actually ironically just use some time off during the All Star break potentially, yeah, yeah, but yep, he's yep, also I'm, fighting to try and get in, which we'll find out today. Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was really, you don't, I, I think Alan Horton, uh, I retweeted this, but Alan Horton had like the best stat ever. So I'm just going to run to my phone quick, but it was uh, twice in the last two weeks, Minnesota has rallied from double digit fourth quarter deficits, obviously against Toronto and then last night against Golden State. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is now seven and 157 over the last five seasons down 10 or more in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Chris Finch has been the head coach for six of those wins. So essentially, wow. before Chris Finch got here, if you were down ten in the fourth quarter, it's get to the ramps. Like just get to the exits. You're out of here. Um, and again, we've we've said our piece. Uh, we, you know, I think Chris Finch has his ups, has has his downs this season, as has pretty much everyone on this roster, everyone in the front office, everyone in the ticket set. I mean, everyone doing anything with this team has had ups and downs. As you and I have had ups and downs, but uh, Finch is a really good coach, and he coached the hell out of that game last night with his timeouts, the way he kind of banked on Austin Rivers a little more. I think he played 28 minutes. Um, didn't bring Luca Garza back, I think, in the second half. Just kind of rose, rode Nas Reed as much as he could. So, incredible win. And that's one of the wins, Phil. I know we hate doing this, but that's the type of win that's like, okay, we can erase one of the Houston Rockets or Detroit Pistons losses. Or yeah, I mean, because I, I'd rather have them both. But, yeah. Right, that's I, true. But yeah. it's like, I that was a... Just did not see that one coming. So... They set themselves up again. Every time you win, you move up five slots in the standings. Every time you lose, you drop six. But they wake up this morning in the sixth seed, uh, and they got a lot of teams kind of clumped with them. I already saw Golden State's resting all their guys in Denver. Like Memphis oh has a bunch gosh. of guys. So 
they're going to just need every win they can get. We keep saying that, but a really fun night last night and a really fun week for like Wolves Twitter because it's pretty much just us against the world lately when it comes to the narrative around this team. It's also kind of amazing, too. I guess we can, uh, early on here in this episode, we can give you the, the Western Conference playoff picture update. Every win and every loss moves. It's like a roller coaster. It moves you up five. Oh, now, oh, my God, they're the five seed. And then they lose a game. And, oh, God, now they're back. Now they're, like, fighting to stay in the play-in because there's what? Between, let's see here, the uh, Clippers, even, like, dude, the Kings in the three seed all the way down to the Lakers. There's six games separating the three through the 13 right now. And the Wolves, if the playoffs started today, the Wolves would be, uh, they would avoid the play-in. They would be tied with Dallas for the five seed, but I think they would they would be the six seed based on tiebreakers here. So um, it's amazing. Like a win like that, it's great on its own, but the fact that it just like bumps you back up to the six, yep. and it's just it, standings watching is a blast right now on a nightly basis with like 25 or 30 games left, man. It, I th- what is it? Eight teams in the Western Conference, and there's only 15 of them, eight teams have 25 or 26 losses. I'm, I'm parody, all that stuff. Like, I've never seen this. I've, obviously, the Nuggets are kind of running away with it. The Grizzlies, to a lesser extent, as well. But uh, just to, like you said, 3-13 to 13 are pretty much all a good week away from being a top-five seed and a bad week away from being out of the play-in. Uh, that's crazy. So, yeah, it's, you're right on my last point. It would be nice to have one of those Pistons wins. You know, if they're 29 and 25, they're the four seed. So one win just bumps them up. But uh, incredible win. Incredible gutsy win against the team. Nas Reed, uh, who I think we're going to talk about, was fantastic. Anthony Edwards didn't look like himself, but was gave you buckets in overtime when you needed it. D'Angelo Russell was kind of that guy again who kept you alive when you were, I think, down 14 and kind of just shot them back into it and then got kind of a weird whistle to follow but everyone contributed um from one to through nine and it was a a really good win against a team that i know a lot of people are watching because when golden yeah. state plays the world watches those games and to have the wolves pull it out was pretty cool yeah I, and i love i just you know anthony edwards you know it's hard not to talk about him for podcasts at a time but a game in which he was having trouble knocking down threes he he shot some free throws but he just he wasn't looking like himself he turned the ball over a bunch but at the end, okay, it's overtime, and the Warriors are, are making a concerted effort to try and make sure the ball goes to somebody else. And there was that play where I don't, I'd have to go watch back to see where the trap started, but he was like five or six feet from the three-point line, and they trap him in the half court. And ordinarily, he'd, like playmaker Ant would pop out, and he would, okay, let's start the spin cycle now, find yep. someone. He dribbled around the trap. It was incredible. <laughs> and then zigzagged, zigzagged his way into the lane, into the trees, and wound up sort of weaving his way around for a left-handed layup that that kept the momentum going forward. That was that was a superstar play right there. That was you can throw defenders at me. You can you're the Warriors. You can throw your whole thing at me. I'm just gonna dribble around everybody and get to the rack with my left hand. He went one on five and he scored. And they needed yep. the bucket. Uh, I think it put him up five with like a minute left. Also, too, what's really cool, that's a really smart play to bring up. A couple possessions later, again, when they're trying to ice the game, they kind of double him again. They put Wiggins on him. Wiggins does a really good job of defending him. And instead of forcing a bad shot, what does Ant do? The same thing he did when he had Jaden in the corner against the Jazz. Throws it to Nas. Let's it Nas make a play. Nas misses the three and immediately goes and gets his rebound, dunks it, game over. Uh, so his ability to, again, is... 
there has been another resurgence of, I don't know, man, like hit pieces <laughs> on Anthony Edwards this last week or so. Um, he continues to make the right play. And even in a game when he's not maybe making the impact that he usually would, he still gives you clutch moments and makes the right play more and more often. That just is like, what else can you want from a kid who turned 21 five months ago? Yeah. Okay, before we get into the Nas Reed appreciation and forward-looking questions portion of this <laughs> podcast, so you mentioned the national media. What? So what have you sort of seen? What's uh, Listen, I know you've 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 got a rant in the bag here somewhere. If I can draw it out, we did this about the All Star stuff earlier in the week. You and I, and you being more mature and more professional and just a better <laughs> human than me, kind of was like, you know what? Who who cares? Who cares about what the national media says? And you were right because All Star stuff, shoes all those awards, like, whatever. Uh, it hit different, though, on Wednesday when someone I, like, love. I think Ryan Rosillo is one of the best. He is a great podcast. He actually watches the games. He doesn't. He says it on his own podcast. I have no life. I just watch basketball 24-7. He did a eight-minute thing on Anthony Edwards, and he praised Ant, and he said he could be one of those five guys that is a franchise changer. But it was dangerous in how he did it because he essentially shit on all of the guys that are on Ant's team and then started to lay the groundwork for the Anthony Edwards trade demand. Oh. He said it. He was like, you know, how much longer is Ant going to put up with this and not having anyone around him that he can trust? He did eight and a half minutes straight on the Timberwolves and did not mention Jaden McDaniels name once. Who is... I, I don't... I feel like Jaden McDaniels is like not on the national radar, even though he's one of the best wing defenders in the league. But then... so And so, again, you were right in putting me in my place and be like, hey, chill out. But if you don't think Jane, if you don't have Jane McDaniels in your national conversation, then I don't want to subscribe to your stuff. I don't want to pay for your paywall. I don't want to like listen to that because everywhere else it's like we're, he's the ten best defenders in the league. And some of Russell's stuff too was just like I don't like D'Angelo Russell. He called D'Angelo Russell the worst basketball player in the league. Now you have had your issues with him. I've had my issues with him. But he's also had now five weeks of some of the best play ever. I mean, Kendrick Perkins last night called D'Lo and Ant the best backcourt in 2023. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a little aggressive. But a little yeah. aggressive, but it's also like at least someone acknowledges that, yes, the one game that D'Lo was really bad the other night that they lost to the Kings, he was really bad. But the night before against the Kings, he had, what, seven made threes? Last night he goes seven made threes again, 11 for 23, so just under 50%, um, and led the team in scoring. Like, it's just... I don't care if you shit on the Wolves. Phil was right. I was wrong. They deserve a lot of it. They deserve the criticism. They've never been a good franchise. But when you start and you listen to that Russell thing, when you start doing the thing of like, how much long is he going to sign his rookie extension? How much long is he going to be? That stuff is really, truly like dangerous to me because now you're planting those seeds of like getting another homegrown player out of a small market. And they don't do that with Ja. They don't do that with Scotty Barnes, who's older than Ant. They don't do that with Evan Mobley, who's older than Ant. So yeah. I thought that was kind of disingenuous, and then Rosillo followed up today and was like, I can't believe Timberwolves fans were on me for praising Ant. It's like, listen, man, I, just because you bench more than us and your chest is stronger doesn't mean our ears are weaker. Like, we heard the <laughs> podcast. We heard what you said. You basically painted the picture of this kid wanting to get out of here, and none of that's true. He loves it here. He has a really good system internally and his team and stuff. Like, it's just stuff that drives me crazy. So if you don't want to put in the All-Star game, that's fine. That's cool. But if you want to start making stuff up about how much longer can he put up with this, put up with what, dude? He's a sixth seed in the in the West. Like, talk to Dame. Where's Dame right now? He's 11th. How much longer is he going to put up with it? He's older. He yeah. has a less of a career coming forward. Like, maybe he should demand a trade, right? Like, maybe Steph should demand a trade. They don't want to trade James Wiseman, who, by the way, 
went second overall in the 2020 NBA draft. Slick DNP CD last night. Okay. How about that? So just doesn't play, not injured. I had to like confirm. I was like, is he hurt? Nope, he's just bad. So again, when you want to question if the Minnesota Timberwolves can, you know, develop their players, they got two guys in the 2020 draft who are all-star and all-defensive team. Yeah. Bring that up. I d- and rank. Bravo, by the way. That's a, that's a wonderful rant. Very well said. I'm sorry. I got to well calm said. down. I Less coffee. But I will say last night when you were texting me, like, do you want to do another podcast? I was, February, we're back to drinking wine. It's so great. Dry January is a thing of the past. We're back. Uh, wolves are winning. Wine is flowing. So I was, uh, I was on one last night. But thank yeah, you when, for letting me get that off my chest. When Nas Reed grabs his own rebound and throws a dunk down and that second glass of <laughs> Pinot Noir hits, Kyle just running around the living room. I think there is a, a misperception, be, in, in it, some of it's self-inflicted. Yep. The Wolves yep. definitely yep. paid a lot in draft capital and player capital for a divisive player in Rudy Gobert. And then they compounded that by starting very slow, by mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. 16 and 21 in the 2022 calendar year portion of the season. And they had a come to Jesus player meeting. I think the overpay, if you will, on the trade and then starting slow validated everyone's thoughts about this train wreck franchise, right? Well, classic Wolves, they make a desperate trade and then it blows up in their face. And everyone, like December 31st, everyone just said, oh, can write those guys off. Yep, they're going to yeah. probably have to trade Cat. Anthony Edwards is going to get pissed off. But if you take the temperature of the room from January 1st through February 1st, that win last night, and I get a small sample size, but it feels like this thing is progressing forward. I don't think you're going to see them all of a sudden like lose 9 out of 10 games, knock on wood. I think Anthony Edwards has reached a new level. So I think there's just a misperception about where the Wolves are at that, oh, Anthony Edwards is going to become a malcontent. Well, wait a second. They're about to make the playoffs, most likely for the mm-hmm. second straight year. I think there's a good, there's a better chance to me that they climb up to like the four seed than fall out of the 10. Agreed. Even though everything is scrunched together. There is a big question about how do you integrate Carl Anthony Towns, and we'll talk about some of this stuff. But the Wolves are about to make the playoffs for the second consecutive year for the first time in almost 20 years. Anthony Edwards is exploding. If the roster isn't perfect, they have trade pieces that they can leverage, either now in the next week or sometime this summer. Like, there are things that can be done. There are moves that can be made. They could move Carl Anthony Towns off of the team for assets if they needed to. So, like, to act like this is some dead end and they're screwed and floundering, it's still ascending. It might have to look different in a year from now. But it's ascending, and it's becoming Anthony Edwards' team. And those are all good things for the Timberwolves, even if you remove bias. Like, we just, we follow this thing closely and probably just kind of know the temperature of the room more than the national media, which I don't even blame for writing them off. They have to force people to think that they're relevant. Yep. Yep. Go win a playoff series, and then people will say, oh, okay, interesting. Anthony Edwards led the Timberwolves to the second round of the playoffs for the first time since 2004, right? Yep, and... And again, Phil, I want people to listen to this. Phil is the smart one here. I am the petty loser. It's just that. If I'm the smart one here, then we're in bad shape. It, it, that Rasillopod not only does he do eight and a half minutes and he never mentions Jaden, he's like, I don't know if, they, if Ant has any running mates with him. It's like, dude, what about the kid next to him Like that is all defensive, all worldly? Uh, but then he had Raja Bell on later in the podcast and they went on this kind of random attack about like, Raja was like, I don't want to hear Ant talk about eat, what he eats anymore, eating Cheetos, which it's like, okay. That's fine. We kind of did the Popeye's gate thing too, but that that same energy wasn't there when Giannis was talking about the first time he had a smoothie or Joel Embiid talked about when he had uh, Shirley Temple. Like, people love that shit. Uh, 
you know, if Ant wants to eat Cheetos and then go drop 30, 10, and 8, like, can we keep that same energy with that? So it, w- it was the Rosillo thing. I don't want to say going over the line because that sounds like I was offended and I wasn't. Uh, but it was just when you start talking about how much longer will this guy be happy there when he's one of the happiest <laughs> players in the world, uh, it's just it's weird. But, and then, yeah, too, to your standing point, like Golden State, they have a lot of issues. Phoenix has an aging Chris Paul. Utah, who knows what they're doing? Where's Zion Williams? Like, there's a lot of teams below the Wolves that also have issues. And it kind of reminds one of my friends texted me the other day when you said, like, they're talking about the Timberwolves like it's December or November. One of my friends texted me the other day and he's like, what's all this stuff about the For You page on Twitter? Like, why is everyone complaining about this? Like, just, just have the Twitter that's just one timeline. You can, and I was like, I was like what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, everyone has Twitter on their phone and has these two weird tabs and the For You page sucks. And he's like, oh, sorry, I hadn't updated my, my phone in, in two months. That's like, yeah. the, that's like the national media. It's like they just <laughs> haven't done the latest software update to be like, oh, actually, the Timberwolves don't suck. The Timberwolves are actually kind of fun. And you're just using the software that you had in December or November to essentially cover this. Yeah. Can I, I'm glad you brought up the For You tab on the Twitter oh, app. Dude, let's go. I hate it so much. I don't mind it. Oh. I don't mind it. For let's, two reasons. Uh. Number one, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, based on the algorithm and the people that I interact with or fight with That's on Twitter. True. That's true. Okay, it's going to kind of show me within the last 24 hours you know, what I may have missed. Okay. And if I don't like it. I can just swipe one over That's, and okay. I can read my feed. People people freak out over like, what's this for you page? Just swipe one over and you can read your timeline in chronological order. I wish I wish the I still would like my active timeline latest tweets tweets first to be like the standard. So maybe if they could just switch sides and put the for you page on it. It is it's okay. a lot of extra thumb work, but you're right. I, I do uh <laughs> I do always go to the for you page and there's some weird either political take that it's like I don't subscribe to any of this. Or it's probably you <laughs> arguing with someone who is not understanding your Kirk Cousins takes or a Nas Reed take. Um, but, yeah, it is a good way to, like, follow up on things you miss. It's just I wish the order of it was yeah, a little different. And But, okay, you're right. Again, I'm just all fair. worked up for no reason. So let's talk no. Nas Reed because you had a really good Nas Reed point that I think went over some people's head. Well, pe- people got mad. Uh, last night, Nas Reed was slicing and dicing the Golden State Warriors <laughs> for two and a half hours. And uh, if you are interested in a kitchen and life-changing experience, I may be over-exaggerating a little bit, but I'm telling you, my, so my wife and I have made it a goal to be more adultish, if you will, mm-hmm. in 2023. So we're cooking more of our own meals. We're spending more time in the kitchen. And uh, my new friends at Vivrant online knife sharpening service have come in and have heightened this experience for us. So what you do is they'll mail you a kit. It's a male-friendly, mailman-friendly kit. A knife isn't going to poke out of a bag and, like, <laughs> get the mailman. Um, they send you a kit. You send your knives in to be professionally sharpened. This all takes place within just a few days. They'll send you replacement knives in the meantime as well. If you've never had your knives sharpened, and, like, most people have knives, most people don't get them sharpened, it is a game-changing experience, and Vivrant makes this process super easy. So you can either go to vivrant.com. That's V-I-V-R-O-N-T.com. Or you can stop in to the uh, the store in Wyzetta where Joseph and his team will just sort of help you along with the experience. They also it's not just about sharpening knives. They have they have classes, skills classes for you, Japanese knives as well. The first hundred score listeners to use the promo code SKOR will receive a free vegetable peeler as well with your order. So and uh, on the philanthropic side. Every order through Vivrant supports paying off school lunch account balances in our local schools. I love so that. That's really cool. Get those knives sharpened. Help pay off lunches. 
V-I-V-R-O-N-T dot com. So, Kyle, I um, I sent what I thought was just sort of a, a fun. No, it was a good good tweet. Relevant, innocuous poll out on Twitter, and I, I actually went to bed and I woke up and was like, just getting dunked on by like Wolves <laughs> bloggers and stuff. You're trying to divide the fan base. No, so it, we have a week until the trade deadline. We've talked about this for the last like two months, basically. The Wolves have D'Angelo Russell free agent. They've got Nas Reed free agent, Jalen Noel on a much lesser scale of free agent. And if you look ahead, for instance, because this is why this matters, why this conversation matters. In two years from now, the NBA salary cap is projected to be $140 million. Yep. Give or take. But it's projected Mm -hmm. to be $140 million. Luxury tax, $170 million. Two years from now, cat salary is going to be $50 million. Gobert, $44 million. I'm estimating here, I believe, uh, so I, I believe based on the... The, the rookie max contract, when you come out of your rookie contract into a max like Anthony Edwards is about to, mm-hmm. I think the, it's going to be about $35 million in that first year for him. I think it was 33 yep. this year. I think it probably goes up to like 35 for the first year, and that first year will be in two years. Mm-hmm. I'm estimating on Jaden McDaniels, they're going to extend him almost certainly, and it's yep. probably going to be for like half of Ant, maybe. like I don't think it's a max. Maybe it's like 20 I, we I did this with Dane Moore on Friday, but uh, what did he say? We our thing was is it start at four years one hundred million, so that's four you know twenty five a year, and then we went up to Dane question. Dane's question was, could he get a max? I don't think he's going to get what Ant gets, but I, I if you're his team or his agent or whatever, like you're gonna. I mean, again, this is all semantics because they're going to pay him both, but yeah. that number could get much higher than we think especially as we're just daily out here doing propaganda for this guy being the best defensive wing in the league. So maybe I should cut that down a little bit. But no, to, back to your point, like he's going to get paid at least $25 million a year too. So I have him probably low at 20 okay. with this yeah, yeah. math here. So 50 plus 44, that's 94, plus 20 brings us up to uh, 114 on the low end. Mm-hmm. And then an attack on another 30 to 35 for Ant, that brings us up somewhere between 145 and $150 million. Again, with a projected cap of $140 million, those four players alone have you at or above the salary cap. It's a soft cap. You can resign. You've got bird rights on Nas Reed. As people are pointing out, like, well, you can resign Nas Reed. Well, but Nas Reed could also go play 35 minutes a night somewhere as a starting player and not have to worry about Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. So looking out two years from now, you you have to then you have to fill out the rest of your roster with guys that make at least a couple million each, right? And if you want the uh, the Kyle Anderson types, so you have huge decisions to make about who you want taking up the bulk of your salary cap up to the luxury tax and maybe over in two years from now. And so I tweeted out last night. Again, this is probably a little bit of recency bias, if not a lot, because uh, of how Nas played last night. You can only keep two going forward. Would you keep Cat and Gobert, Cat and Nas, or Gobert and Nas? Almost 9,000 votes on this thing in like 15 hours. 45% of people said they would keep Gobert and Nas Reed. It was by far the most popular option here. And then tied at 27.5% are keep Cat and Nas Reed, keep Cat and Gobert. So the Nas Reed votes, if you just look at the Nas Reed options... It equates to, let's see here, over 70% of the fan base wants to keep Nas in some combo. Over, and then the other ones for, uh, for, for Cat, it's only 54%. 
And then for Gobert, it's about the same as Nas. So Cat is sort of third among the people okay. that voted on this poll of which of those you would you would want to keep, which of those two. If if anything, the only reason I can imagine people thought they would push back on you is again, I thought it was it I'm gonna go two ways with this. One, maybe the timing was weird. Um, maybe people like it reminded me of winning like a parlay or a scratch off and being like, Oh man, we won some money and then being like, Yeah, but I still gotta do my taxes. Like that's what <laughs> Phil was doing. He's like, Hey, do you that's fair. do you that's wanna fair. discuss this Nas thing five minutes after they had a really fun win? And people were like, No, I don't wanna do that. You're trying to break up the team. It's like, no, no, no. This is now to my second point, this is part of the Gobert stuff that is just going to linger until I guess forever or until, you know, until these contracts expire. Yeah. And I say that because you do like you invested so many extra picks. Like if you had a million dollar budget for your whole life and you overpaid for the house and you, it was a $600,000 house and you paid 900,000, you only have a hundred thousand left to like, like you said, build the roster. So yes, they can use the bird rights to keep Nas. I'm actually, I think you could make a argument that you can actually, have Nas, Carl, and Rudy, at least for one year. Um, but to your point of this roster getting really expensive down the road, that's real. Now, do you want to discuss it on Wednesday when they beat the Warriors? I get if people don't, but Phil's point is valid, and it's like this is a decision you're going to have to make because the Rudy thing was so expensive and invested so much assets that like every move moving forward now is a little more important and a little more dangerous. And, yeah, can, if Nas does four years, I don't know, $32 million, would you just swallow that eight million a year and just we'll figure yeah. it out down the road? Yeah, for sure. But I don't know if he's going to do that. But he, I don't know. But it's his choice, like, right? I mean, in, he in might our... want four for sixty, and if you do, you want to add fifteen million to the bench for your third center? Like he can play power forward. He can do so many things. He's also durable. He plays all the games basically. But I don't think your question, other than maybe just the timing, like it's a really good question, and this team has to figure this out. And you're compromised because the deadline isn't a week from now. I mean, Dane tweeted out today, like, is Nas now officially on everyone's radar worth a first-round pick? If you're not going to resign him or you don't think you're going to have the ability to, and I don't know, Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, Glenn Taylor don't want to pay a luxury tax, like, then get a first-round pick for him. And I'm saying that Ugh. as a guy who was like, I don't want Nas traded at all. But if you can't pay him, it's the D'Lo stuff. If you can't pay them, you can't lose them for nothing. You develop so tough, these man. guys. And a first-round pick thrown into your coffer when you don't really have a lot is a big deal. So I don't think they'll trade him. I don't want them to trade him. But these are real conversations that happen inside. So for you to post them outside like you did, this is real. Like, it's a week from today that the trade deadline, and you have to have a decision made on. And I know Doogie's been all over this, but like, they've been trying to extend him. But if, if I'm Nas Reed and I go drop, like, 24 and 16 on the defending champions, I might want to go into the summer and let people – pitch me and put me on helicopters yeah. and put me on cruise ships and like see how much they'll pay me that's the thing i think if, if you can extend him and, and and even if you're not planning on keeping him for the four years then you can maybe revisit in a year if you need mm -hmm. to trade him or mm -hmm. something but it's so tough when he's you know he's we're taking down the weeks until he's a free agent our guy jace frederick by the way from the pioneer press uh he tweeted this interesting nugget it's a small sample size but nas reed oh. has made eight starts for the wolves this year the wolves are six and two in nas reed's eight starts Nas's net rating in those starts is a plus 14. That leads the NBA among starting centers. Again, it's a small sample size, and it would probably regress if he started more than eight games, but he's just a really good, hardworking, high-energy player. He can shoot. He can get to the bucket. He can handle. 
you know, like last year there were some certain games and maybe even early this year where I would just kind of deem them not Nas Reed games or if he was mm-hmm. in the game, yep. he'd be like a yep. minus 15 with five fouls or something. Yep. And that still happens once in a while. I am not saying that he is as good of a player as Gobert is or as good of a player as Towns is. But if you have a limited amount of money to spend on your roster, and it's a soft cap again, but and if you have a limited amount of time and minutes to give to, you know, six foot ten and taller players, would it be more valuable to have Nas for like eight or ten million dollars young? He's not thirty, right? He's like, what is he, twenty five? Twenty three. Twenty three, dude. He's twenty three. He aligns with the Jade McDaniels and the Anthony Edwards sort of age bracket. This is where I get stuck on this. I don't think you can have him. I think if, if he's going to re-sign with the Timberwolves, he's going to want some assurances long-term that he plays like 30, 35 minutes, right? Not that he's like going to be selfish, but but if he has a chance to go sign somewhere else for equal or more money and get more playing time and get to the next level of his career, can you promise that to him if you're the Timberwolves? It's, a, it's kind of a tough spot. Would you rather have a first-round pick for Nas and say, oh, man, sorry, we can't keep you. Here's a first-round pick. Or would you rather keep him for a lot less money and trade Carl Anthony Towns for two first round picks and like two other, you know, rotation players? Like these are things they're probably discussing every day inside oh my God. Yeah. the Target Center right now. And you know, for all the criticisms that the Timberwolves receive and most of it is well earned, like this was an undrafted free agent that they have essentially developed over these last four years into a starting center. And there's 30 NBA teams. There's not even 30 NBA starting centers. Like mm-hmm. some of these teams throughout, you know, they still run out a DeAndre Jordan in their rotation or a JaVel McGee guys who are way past their prime. So if I'm Nas in my rookie year, I made $800,000. And again, the cost of eggs is skyrocketing. Like he probably wants to cash in on his development. The playing time thing I've never thought of. That's a scary thing. Like if he really was like, I want to start. And I don't. Nas Reed is like one of the most humble, competitive guys in the league. He but probably wants to start. If he wants to start, and he that's plays like, eighteen minutes a night, dude. He averages eighteen minutes a night right now. Then that's probably a deal breaker because, again, as I said last time too, like whatever you decide to trade, I think at some point, because just this is the NBA, at some point someone's probably going to get traded. I think Tim Conley has another blockbuster trade up his sleeve. Is that summer twenty twenty three? I don't know. That might be summer twenty twenty five. Maybe that's Carl. Maybe that's Rudy. Who knows? But for now, I'm just really in favor of just trying to keep as much talent as you can and making it essentially Mark and Alex and Glenn's problem to pay the bill. I mean, you have a competitive team now. I think in February is when ticket renewals start up. Like, this team's on the ascending. You're going to be able to probably raise prices and you know bring more people into the stands. So you're not losing money by any means, and this team is already worth more than it was sold yeah. for at the time so you just gotta you know open up the page or the the checkbook because Nas Reed as much as you and I have enjoyed Jalen Noel like if you have to pick between Nas Reed and Jalen Noel it's not even close in my mind you keep Nas and you just figure it out later you just say we're gonna sign you and then if we trade you in December of 2023 we'll do that but you can't lose Nas Reed someone you have invested in and has taken such a leap for nothing and that's why Phil said what he said and that's why if there's a first round pick dangling out there and it's God forbid, unprotected, you at least have to have the meeting, right? Like, you have to get everyone in the room and be like, what do you think? Even if you decide no. Yeah, I just, I love, there's something about him, his whole, his whole story about dominating the summer league and just kind of grinding his way to that contract with a dominant summer league. 
and then, okay, we're going to give you a few minutes here and there, your rookie year, you're 20 years old, and he's just like every step of the way he's had to claw and scrape, and he, mm-hmm. and he plays like it, and I think his teammates respect it. He just – the fact that his teammates will just stare off into the abyss with media around and say, Nas Reed. Like there's, there's a certain gravitational pull he has – that Gobert and Towns don't necessarily. And I'm again, he's not as good as those guys are. But there's some intangible peripheral things here that have value that don't show up in a box score. And if you want to go to the box score, so he's averaging 18 minutes a night. If you were to go per 36 minutes, like around the, the amount of time that a starting player would get you, 36 minutes a night. He averages 21 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, steal and a half, two blocks, shoots 53% from the field, and he's like a league average three-point shooter, again, mm-hmm. for a six-foot-nine guy. He's not the three-point shooter that Towns is, but the ability to get up and down the court, play with energy. If you don't need to, if he doesn't need to be a high-usage player for any night, you don't feel guilty about it. Because there's some nights where with, with Towns and Gobert, you're like, oh, my God, we're paying these guys like $40 million. We, you know, he's just kind of standing in the corner here. Like, you feel obligated to work things around them, even if you're, like, winning a game. It's like, oh, you got to get got to go, go bear a couple lobs here or, you know, it's, he's going to get salty yeah, about yeah. it. Like, with Nas, you don't feel that pressure. It's like, yeah, if there's a game where he just doesn't do a lot, it's okay. it doesn't matter. Like, Walker Kessler, oh, whatever. Yeah. He's just a, you know, and, just a guy. And <laughs> he's, a, he's a guy for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, and what you're saying is right, and then I always try to think about how you cover football. Nas making 1.9 million this year. If Nas is not, if you have one of those Nas nights where he just can't defend whoever the opponent is, then you can sit him. Mm-hmm. But Nas is going to run into a lesser problem because he'll never make what Carl makes. He'll never make what Rudy makes. But Nas will need to continue developing because next year, if Nas does sign a crazy four-year, sixty million dollar deal, and Nas is making fifteen next year. Well, then you can't have Nas nights. You can't have that night where it's like, oh, Nas doesn't yep. have it tonight. We bench him. It's, nope. You make $15 million, you got to go out there and get cooked. So he needs to continue to develop like any player does, whether they get paid or not. But also, you know, the, the, I'm thinking that that playing time thing you said is just stuck in my brain. If that was a, a, a deal breaker for him, then, yeah, they're going to lose him. I know, and this is always reported and stuff too, but he is so, so, so tight with Nate Knight and Jaden McDaniels. They're like his two best friends. They all hung out in the summer. They stay in Minneapolis. They, they, they practice. They train together. So that might be something that keeps him around. I know he loves being here. But again, just from 30,000 feet, this kid came from LSU. He said it. not out, like He was fat. He was out of shape. And he I've never really seen a guy in four years develop. I mean, Ant is taking a leap, right? Or Jaden and stuff. Like Nas started from a ball of clay literally and has become what is like one of the 20 best centers I guess in the league that's on a team that has two other ones that are in the top 20 so it's it's not nothing it's just incredible to watch he's one of my favorite players to ever cover and when the things weren't going well not this season but just when the Wolves were a bad franchise those first couple years everyone in that organization said Nas is the most competitive person he takes losing the hardest and I know you and I are, are lockstep in this. That's I love that. Like I just want a guy who's going to go out there and compete. No one falls down more than Nas, and no one gets up more than Nas. Uh, and just, again, last night, he was two for eight from three. He had so many opportunities to win the game himself. Late in the game, he missed so many threes. Yeah. But then for him to do what he does best, he misses the three, gets the rebound, you know, yams it on a guy's head, game over. 
It is worth no- it is worth noting that if you look at his two man lineup pairings, the worst among the guys that he's played like a hundred minutes with, his worst pairing is with Rudy Gobert. Him and Rudy Gobert on the court at the same time yeah, are minus twelve still... points per one hundred. Mm-hmm. So that's another factor is that okay, let's say you decide you know we're going to roll with Nas Reed and we may wind up trading Cat for some assets. To this point, he hasn't really gelled with with Gobert. So he's not someone you wouldn't like run those guys yeah. out as a four or five combination. So and and you know who was bad last night? The worst player on the nine man rotation last night against a small team in Golden State that runs for twenty four seconds on the shot clock. We like him, but Luca Garza was unplayable. Yeah. So that was one of those moments where it's like, you know, Nas Reed in another matchup against a small team, like it would have been great to see Rudy play last night and then Nas back him up rather than Nas playing and Luca back him up. But Luca was zero points, three rebounds in 13 minutes. Nas, 24, 13, four assists in 35 minutes. So it's just, you yeah. know, Nas is still this team's third best center by a mile. Agreed. Um, yep. And that's, you just can't afford to lose that. So yeah, this next week, I, I would imagine he stays. I would imagine they don't actually do much before the deadline because they have a good team now. <laughs> but it's, it's a conversation that they're having. I know that for sure. I know that for it's sure. So, so when you brought it up, uh, it's it's... A good conversation to be discussed. It's so hard. Even if it's uncomfortable. Long term, you do want to recoup. You gave up so many first-round picks for Gobert. It would be nice to find other avenues to get first-round picks back. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, and, and Dave mentioned it, like this is probably one of them. You could probably trade Nas Which Reed for, for a first-round pick sometime in the next week. And now you, okay, now you got some some assets back here for uh, for future drafts. But you'd also be removing one of your best rotational players Um in a in a stretch run in which you're trying to do some damage and win a playoff series, and the same with D'Lo. Like you could, I don't I'm, at this point I don't know what the exact value of D'Lo is, but this version of D'Lo on an expiring contract, I don't know that it could get you a first round pick. I don't like the, I don't know the type of team that would even be looking to acquire him, but he's valuable right now. Mm-hmm. If you were to trade him for something out of fear that he'll walk for nothing. You know, it would help you long term to get an asset for him, but it would also really hurt your chances of doing damage if you get this version of D'Lo the rest of the year and you remove him. It would, and some people are probably listening to this like, why are you guys even talking about trading Nas and D'Lo? It makes no sense. Long term, if those guys walk for nothing and you're already without all these first round draft picks going forward, it's it's poor asset management if those guys walk for nothing. It really is. No, and I don't have an answer. It's for crazy, it. dude. It's crazy. It literally, like, <laughs> it is a weird damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um. And again, I don't I mean I, I think the front office has just a ton of smart people in it, and I think they're comfortable with these conversations or these situations. But the go bear trade when you are a small market and you did overpay and you gave up extra assets, like you just have put yourself in a situation where every decision you now make needs to kind of be correct. Um, so yeah, if, if if everyone listening to this knew. And Nas was just open about it. He's like, yeah, I'm not resigning here. Then you got to move him, no matter what yeah. it is. Because you, you, you need – this season matters because you're kind of all in and you're trying to win as many games and do something here. But you also have to have a long-term vision too. And it's like if you knew, which we don't at all, that Nas wasn't going to stay here past this summer, then you need to start accumulating assets because those assets become other Nas regions. You put them in other trades. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's a great question to have. I'm glad you kind of brought it up, even though some people aren't. But – uh. I have no answer what you do. It's just that that's what makes being a GM or a president tough in the NBA because, you know, are you focused on trying to win a game in February 15th? Or are you focused on trying to have a little more competitive, you know, well-fitting roster in December of yeah. 2023? 
And are you are you are you trying to put assets around Anthony Edwards long term? What are those assets? It's yeah, uh, so he doesn't demand tough, a but, trade. But at the end of the day, this is a really fun team to watch right now. They've got one so of the fun. best records in the NBA since the beginning of the calendar year, and they just beat the Warriors in overtime, a fully stocked Warriors team that's been really struggling on the road for some reason. But uh, I think no. I saw they hadn't won a game in overtime since 2017. The Wolves? Don't, no, the, the Warriors. I don't know if that's accurate. I, th- I, I'm think gonna... they, I think last night I saw they were 1-2 in overtime this year. Okay, that's probably not right then. So, uh, there, There's I, no I, way, dude. There, that that no, would be that, an amazing stat. We'll, we'll cut that. No, the, uh, the, the <laughs> Warriors. In, actually. The Warriors, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the, it, there was a stat, though, about them, like, blowing double-digit leads. I mean, watching them as well last night uh, to do a little game recap. Like, the Golden State Warriors basically have seven players that they can play. They have, they're getting nothing from... James Wiseman, who, again, was drafted second overall. Moses Moody. Jonathan Kaminga actually was kind of nice last night, but he doesn't play a lot. Like, they're just—that's another team that, like, they have way less of a window. Obviously, they're far more likely to make a playoff run or win another title than the Wolves right now, but you got a bunch of guys in that team that are on the wrong side of 30 that have some contracts coming up, and you got these young guys not developing um, compared to a Wolves team that, yes, also has some high-priced guys that are 30 or under, and also their players are developing, so— it was kind of a crossroads last night for those two teams, and I know, I mean, Warriors Twitter was just a dumpster fire uh, wanting to fire Steve Kerr and stuff, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, just, it, you know how it is. You know how it is with people, but... Um, I actually don't know how it is coming off of a dynasty and wanting to fire the coach. I I, I don't know how that is. I, I, think, that, I think that franchise or that, that fan base is just frustrated because they have all these young guys, and it's like, they're kind of doing the two-timeline thing, too, and it's like, dude, they, you yeah. don't have two timelines. You got one timeline. It's as long as Steph Curry plays, and I don't know if you... I think it was first half last night, but they put Jaden on Steph, uh, and Jaden did his damnedest to kind of keep Steph locked, you know, in tow. I think mm-hmm. Steph finished maybe under 30. Um, he still had a good Steph night, but, man, Jaden McDaniels in the first half had a possession where he played elite perimeter defense on Steph Curry, and Steph just shot his three higher and more arc and hit it anyway. No. I felt so bad for Jaden because <laughs> it's just like that dude's un- that dude's unguardable. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. So for Jaden to slow him down as much as he did, it sounds like Jaden should be okay. He left the game with what deemed to be cramps. We've all heard that before with this team. But uh, if hopefully he can come back not, on Friday. Because it was a calf situation, so hopefully it's not yet another calf strain or tear. Hopefully, When Josh Okoge left this weird Lakers game a couple years ago with cramps, and then I was like, actually, he might have torn his hamstring. I was like... <laughs> I had nightmares of that, but it sounds like Jaden should be okay. Hopefully he can play on Friday because, again, one of your favorite teams is coming to town tomorrow night, the Orlando Magic, and they are kind of a wagon with young talent as well. So it's not going to get any easier for Minnesota, but getting a win against the defending champs was big. You can't sleep on them. By the way, the Warriors did beat the Hawks a month ago in double overtime. Clay Thompson scored 54 points in that game. Fire your stat guy. <laughs> that was a great stat by me. They haven't done anything <laughs> since 2017. Actually, they did it last month. So, good job. Um, and then, yeah, so the upcoming schedule, the Magic uh, on this Friday night. The Magic started 5-20. and 20. They're now like five games over 500 since that bad start, Crazy. including three wins over the Celtics and a win on the road last week over the Sixers. And then you get a home-and-home home against Denver, followed by road games at Utah, Memphis, and Dallas. So, this was the start. These sac- the I mean, really going back to the New Orleans game on January 15th, this is a stretch of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 playoff opponents out of 11 games, and the Magic playing like a playoff team the last 30 games or so, and you have started that stretch 4-1 and one going yep. into this Orlando game. So, you know what's crazy, too, is that 
obviously they have that players only meeting uh the last night of 2022 against the pistons just a terrible loss embarrassing performance they're 12 and 5 in the in 2023 that's tied for the best record in the league and i was just kind of looking at this but uh their loss they did have that bad pistons loss again on the 11th bad loss but then one point to the jazz four points to the nuggets that they were kind of winning that game i think that yeah, was they, had, they game. had that game yeah uh just a bad performance against the Rockets, but a couple points. And then a Kings game on Monday that's like, we all thought, even though I said that you always split those series, like they should have won that game. They kind of mm-hmm. shot themselves in the foot. So again, you can make the same case for some of the wins being close, but it's just a different basketball team since they all got in the locker room and, yeah, I don't know, yelled at each other. Uh, it's been really cool to watch. So again, if you go lose six straight, everything we're talking about right now is kind of meaningless, but they just continue to kind of grind out these wins, and we are in the dog days of the NBA right now, right before the All-Star break, where teams are just trying to get to February 26th or whatever. Um, so impressive stuff, lots of questions to be answered, whether it be this week or this spring or this summer with the roster, um, but you, you're getting everything you want out of you know a contract year D'Lo, a third-year leap ant, you know, a, a hot coach in the league and Chris Finch you're kind of getting everything you want right now it's all gelling and you still have these big picture things like when does Carl come back how does Rudy still fit so yeah good stuff love it man this is uh this podcast continues to be a blast thank you guys yes thank for you so watching much. or listening if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the YouTube channel here the scrunth YouTube channel helps spread the word about this and if you listen on Apple podcast a five-star rating and a positive review goes a long way to help spreading the word as well. All right. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.